Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. If you're a frequent listener to this program, you've more than likely picked up on a major theme of Dr. Jennings' ministry. How we relate to the world and those around us is greatly influenced by our perception of who God is and how God acts. On today's program, Dr. Jennings shares with us via Skype insights on this matter, asking the question, is Jesus a healing light or a ruling judge? Dr. Jennings, as usual, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. The time is yours. Yes, yeah, so the idea with this title, Healing Light or Ruling Judge, mm-hmm. is designed to call into contrast how do we understand God's law. You see, physicians operate upon laws. Mm-hmm. We call them the laws of health. Yeah. The laws of physics are involved in healing people. A orthopedic surgeon is using the laws of physics when they do surgery. But there are laws involved, and those laws are the laws upon which the Creator built reality to operate. And you can never get a person well while violating the laws of health. You can't do it. But human beings have a different way of understanding law oftentimes. They understand it as rules imposed, legislated actions that require some judicial oversight in order to enforce those rules and bring accountability or so-called justice. This is the way many people see things. This is a corruption of sin, and it's a corruption of the sinful systems of this world. However, much of Christianity has been infected with this concept of seeing God as a legal magistrate rather than the sovereign creator who is seeking to heal and restore his universe back to one with him. And so when we come to Jesus, Jesus' entire ministry, if you actually have this idea in mind and look at it, you will see 100% of the time he disavows the imperial legal view and 100% of the time reveals that it's the healing restorative view. That's what he does. And then we're going to look today at one particular story recorded in the 12th chapter of Luke, starting in verse 13, where, and this is important today because what's happening today, there's this constant call for social justice, mm-hmm. for people's rights, for getting what one believes they're legally entitled to, for having someone be consistent in the application of the laws in our society. This is what people want, some ruler to rise up and make equity and equability or equality across the landscape. They want a judge to decide. And so here we have this story, and I'm going to just read a little bit of it from the scripture. It says, someone in the crowd said, said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out. This is Jesus still speaking. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist of the abundance of his possessions. And then he told them the parable of a certain rich man who produced a good crop and then went and built more barns for more crops and said, I'll have plenty of goods and take my life easy. But then God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. So this is the story. And what is revealed in this exchange with a real man and Jesus' response to it? Where was the human being focused? 
He was focused on getting what he viewed was his proper due just inheritance. Mm -hmm. Why didn't Jesus give him a legal ruling? Why didn't he act as a judge? Think this through. What kind of laws are laws of inheritance based upon? The laws of the universe, laws of physics, laws of gravity, laws of health, or arbitrary made-up man-made rules? That's what it would be, yep, yep. Ah, they're made up man-made rules, so we need an arbiter, a judge, someone to decide. Jesus says, who am I? Who am I to be judge? Think that through. Jesus, in a later place, actually said that he is not going to judge, Mm -hmm. that the very words we speak will judge. We'll come to that. Look at this point here. The type of law determines property inheritance. Jesus didn't want to have anything to do with it. And so where does Jesus focus the attention? Jesus focuses the attention on the heart. He wants these brothers to love each other. This is what Jesus wants. He didn't come to earth to take up a legal issue. He came to earth to fix the problem of fear and selfishness infecting human hearts so that the brothers would love each other and that they loved each other completely as God loves us. Will there be any dispute over the property? No, no, no. No, this is the real problem, and you can never resolve these disputes in the heart by giving legal rulings. And that's the corruption in the world today. People want justice through legislation, through new laws, through new enforcement. You can never actually get justice that way. So Jesus wants to change their hearts. And uh, the sinful world right now, it's focused on our our rights, our inheritance. But we're not going to get that. And so Jesus said in John 12, 47, As for the person who hears my words but does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. There is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. That very word which I spoke will condemn him in the last day. Whoa. What do we understand to be the judge? Doesn't the whole Christianity teach that one day we will have a trial, there'll be God or or Jesus sitting on the judgment seat, record books are going to be open, devil's going to stand as a prosecutor, Jesus will step up as a defense attorney, they'll argue back and forth, but ultimately Jesus will argue his blood payment that has been applied to the books, that erases the record of the books, and God's going to look at the record and only see the perfect righteousness of Jesus, and he'll make a legal declaration declaration that, in fact, this person is legally righteous, even though he's still corrupt in character because Jesus paid the payment for him. Isn't this what's taught in Christianity? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm going to tell you all, it's a lie. It's not true. It's a fraud. The truth is what Jesus said. He's not going to act judge. There's not a magistrate. There's not a trial. The words that I spoke will judge. What does the words mean? And Jesus says in another place, by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. What does that mean by your words? Oh, well, because there's a record, there's a recording and and they'll be played. And and, no, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. The good man brings forth good out of the good stored up in him. The evil man brings forth evil of the evil stored up in him. Jesus went on to say this. And so the words are simply a reflection of what's in the heart. And those who reject the words that Jesus brought reject the truth meaning they hold to lies. And what happens to the heart, mind, and character of the one who rejects truth? It becomes hardened in selfishness. And those who accept the words of Jesus are one to trust, and they open the heart, and the Spirit comes in, and they get a new heart and right spirit. So in the end of time, 
The wicked and the righteous are not separated by a legal magistrate determining the legal status. They're separated by reality. Those who've accepted the truth are changed in heart to be brought back into harmony or healed to be like Christ. And thus, again, the parables of Jesus, the, the two groups, wheat and tares. We would say weeds, tares or weeds. Yes. yes. Wheat or weeds. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wheat and weeds are not the same thing. They're objectively different. Sheep and goats. Sheep and goats are not the same thing. They're objectively different. The judge who separates wheat from tares and sheep from goats is not making a legal ruling. He's simply saying a goat is a goat. A sheep is a sheep. You're not a sheep. You're a goat. That's what you are. Wheat is wheat. Weeds are weeds. The righteous are righteous. The wicked are wicked. That's what it is. Your heart is wicked. You're not coming into heaven, not because I don't want you here, but because you chose to reject the words of my son, the truth. You chose to prefer the lies. You chose to harden yourself in selfishness. You are hardened and selfish, and a kingdom of love would be a place you would hate. I would love for you to be here. You don't want to be here. And so that is how the judge in the end, he doesn't determine it. He simply diagnoses it. Mm -hmm. And that's why Jesus is a light. He brings light to expose the darkness. And the light is the light of truth, which dispels the lies and wins us to trust and heals all who embrace the truth. And in the end, God's verdict, if you will, is merely the same as a physician who gives the final diagnosis, I'm sorry, you've rejected this remedy that would have put your cancer into remission, and you've rejected it over and over and over and over again. And thus your state, your condition is terminal. Mm -hmm. That's the judgment in the end. You know, Dr. Jennings, as I hear you talk about this, and I hear you describe this process, for us sinners, all of us, we are standing before a God who is not there to judge us with human rules and regulations. We're standing before a God of light who wants to transform our hearts, who wants to help us transform our hearts. That's a much more loving, kind, and beneficent God than the one that is simply there to rule over us, wouldn't you say? That's right. And then when you use this language of judgment, it has multiple applications that have nothing to do with penal legal. Right. Uh, a physician will assess a situation and make a judgment about what is the problem. Mm -hmm. God is doing that throughout all human history. He's judging the circumstances and the situation. But the physician goes on beyond the judgment of diagnosing the problem, the physician makes a judgment about what intervention is most likely to bring healing and yes. it's going to work. Yes. God makes judgments in the circumstances of what actions he needs to take to bring healing and to keep things on the path of redemption. And so throughout the Old Testament, we find God's judgments being poured out constantly. These judgments were not inflictions of punishment for sin. These judgments were the actions of a benevolent and loving God to sometimes excise lesions or therapeutic intervene to bring discipline or to bring actions to bear that keep open avenue for Messiah in order to bring salvation to the human race. So we see God acting and making judgments and passing judgments, but these are not judicial actions. These are the judgments that reality requires the loving creator of our universe to bring to bear in order to save us. 
On a previous program, you made a statement that has really stuck with me, Dr. Jennings. You said that a physician looking at a patient who has cancer doesn't hate the patient. That doctor loves the patient but hates the cancer, and that's the way God deals with us. God looks at us. He doesn't hate us. He hates the sin in us. Am I right in saying that? Yes, and that physician might actually bring a radiation gun to bear to burn out the cancer to save the patient. And so God may bring fire to bear. And that metaphor is used in scripture. We are gold uh, tried Tried in the the fires Mm -hmm. to burn out the dross of sin in our hearts. And so that radiation gun can be painful while it's killing out the cancer cells in us. And God's actions in our lives can lead us through trials and tribulations designed to burn out the fear and the selfishness and heal us. That's part of the process as well. Oh, that is such good news for us as we look at our lives, as we look at our temptations and our sins and our failures in the past. We have a God of light. We have a God of healing light just waiting for us and just wanting us to come. And and he wants to apply in our lives and onto our lives those things that will bring healing. He's not someone there who is going to be arbitrarily judging us and condemning us. I like what he said to the woman taken in adultery. Now I understand why. Neither do I condemn you. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. And that is exactly what Dr. Jennings has been saying here. Listener, we invite you to comeandreason.com, a website that is just loaded with lots of good resources for you. You can listen to these podcasts. You can read Dr. Jennings' books. So you might want to check that out, comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, as always, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. (music) 